Uh, Brother Nate, you're you're a bit too old to be going into that classroom there, but since you're visiting, we'll we'll let you, okay? All right, let's go ahead and turn our Bibles to the book of Romans. I've got to hurry. Time is fleeting here. Um, I was looking forward to singing the song with the time change. Uh, we were, for whoever was late, we were going to add a verse to that, how late thou art. But we didn't end up doing that this morning. How many, how many, um, how many, the time change didn't affect you very much at all. You're, you're okay, okay. I still, I was up on time, ready to go, but I still, I felt late. Um, I'm not usually late, uh, but uh, we're going to see here from the book of Romans and chapter number 10, Romans chapter number 10. This is a familiar to uh, some people. It may be, you may have some of these scriptures memorized when you uh, present or share the Romans road of the gospel is what some people uh, call it sometimes and uh, particularly verses oh nine through 13 or so uh, but we're going to take a look at here at this uh, passage here and i think we see the importance from this passage this particular book of romans chapter 10 the emphasis that god puts on getting the gospel to the world and uh, paul he proposes some questions here uh, a little bit later in uh, the the passage, but we're gonna we're gonna consider those questions here. The title of the message, though, is "Except They Be Sent." Except they be sent. Romans ten, beginning in verse number eleven, the Bible says, "For the Scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed." There's a message I heard some time ago from a pastor. Jeff Owens was his name. And, uh, and the title was, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I'm not ashamed of the church of Christ. I'm not ashamed of the people of the gospel of Christ. And I think there were other some other, uh, other key uh, points in there as well. But the Bible says this, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. If you've received the grace of God, you've received the gift of God through Jesus Christ, you've been saved, you ought not be ashamed of it. That's of utter importance that we receive the gospel. Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. Now, not familiar with that. Um, uh, there is a group of people that God has chosen to use called the Jews, the Israelites, the Hebrews. Uh, and uh, the classification here is that group in particular, but then the Greek covers every other people group outside of the Jew, and that would include me. I'm of non-Jewish descent, and so I'm a Greek. And so those of you that are of non-Jewish descent, you would be considered uh, Greeks as well. For there's no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. So that good news, this gospel is applicable and available to everybody. The Jews first, yes, but then also to the Greeks. And aren't you glad that if you've been saved, the gospel has come to the Greeks as well. Amen. My hand is up. I'm glad that the gospel has come to me as a non-Jewish uh, person. Uh, verse number 14, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not uh, believed? 
And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Those of you that are saved, aren't you glad that somebody took the time and shared the gospel with you? They, in essence, they preached the gospel. They may not have reared back and and preached like you might think that preaching is in the sense of maybe lifting their voice or crying aloud and sparing not and lifting your voice like a trumpet. Preaching doesn't have to be loud and bombastic. It can be calm and it can be gentle and it can be compassionate and it can be uh, simply sharing the gospel. How many of you are glad the gospel was shared to you? Somebody took the time to share the gospel. Now we are supposed to, since we've received it, we're to share it with others. Hide it under a bushel. No, you need to let it shine. I need to let it shine. And so it says, how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? And that's what this little card right here is all about. We get the privilege of being able to send others to places that we cannot go. And how shall they preach it that they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Esaias saith, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And there's a, there's a whole lot chalked into this passage here of Scripture. But one of the primaries that I want us to understand is God puts an importance and a preeminence on His people presenting this book, sharing the gospel to other people. And the Bible says, Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Let's pray. Father, I need you this morning. God, I pray that you'd help order my thoughts here. I pray that you control me. Lord, I confess and I, I, I pray that you, I'd be empty of myself and any sin there may be hindering me from being a completely usable vessel, God. And I pray you'd help me to communicate only those words you want. I pray that you'd speak to hearts from your word. I pray that you'd meet the needs of the people here, your people. I pray that we'd worship you in spirit and truth. Thank you for the songs of God. Thank you for the praise that we've had. Thank you for the time of giving as we worshiped in giving. Now, Lord, we need your word. Meet with us, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. A well, well, prayed over and planned for missions emphasis can be one of the many energizing events that the Lord will use to increase our faith as a body of believers, a local church. God can use this to enlarge our vision for the world and remind us that every one of us have an opportunity and a responsibility to make a difference in, in lives and uh, that we may not get to meet somewhere, uh, but the Lord uh, will use you as a result of your giving to worldwide evangelism. Now, God has commanded us to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. This is somewhat of a rerun a little bit here from uh, last week, but there is no way to be obedient to the command that God has given to us to reach all of the world with a gospel. Now, you may su be super good at 
giving out gospel tracts and, and sharing the gospel with people here in the Portage Northwest Indiana region of the United States here. But unless we're giving to worldwide evangelism, we are being disobedient to the command to reach all of the world with the gospel. And that is what God wants us to do. And it's a privilege to be able to do that. We recently uh, put that missions board up as you walk into the, uh, the fellowship hall on the left wall there. As you exit, it'll be on the right. And we have our eight uh, missions works that we support. And it's a privilege for us to be able to invest in those missionary works. And uh, as Brother Todd and his family are serving the Lord and sharing the gospel with people, preaching God's word to people, we get dividends uh, for the results that God does in the hearts and lives of the people that His Word is affected by. As uh, we give to the, uh, uh, to the Baker family, who are missionaries uh, to the uh, uh, people of Haiti, as they share the gospel, as they feed people in orphanages, as, as they see people saved, we get dividends, we become stockholders in those people that we contribute funds to, and we get to see those, man, it's going to be, it, uh, sometimes, you know, we're, we're down here on this earth, and so we're thinking, we're thinking earthly wise, fleshly wise, but if we've been saved, we've got a spiritual place we ought to be preparing for as well, and of course, that's heaven. We're not going to be on this earth forever. The average person lives approximately 80 years or so before they go to eternity somewhere. And whether or not they receive Christ as personal Savior will determine where that eternal destination is. Is it heaven or is it hell? And that's from the Word of God. And it's our responsibility to share the gospel so that the place that people go will be heaven. Each and every one of us has got a responsibility to share the gospel of Christ. And when we speak about missions, we are speaking about our mission, yes, individually as Christians, but also corporately as a church. We're speaking about local churches being obedient to the command of God and taking the gospel to the world. Uh, and, and, and this is how this sums it up, that man is a sinner. The Lord Jesus Christ is God's holy son who gave himself for the sins of the world and that he rose victoriously from the dead and he offers the free gift of eternal life to every sinner who will receive him as personal savior. And that's critical. There needs to be a time in everybody's life in order to go to heaven that we acknowledge our sin. We are born into sin, the Bible says. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Because of that sin, we don't deserve to go to heaven, but we've separated ourselves uh, from a holy God who is in heaven. And there's a penalty uh, that must be paid because of the sin nature that we all have. And that penalty is this. It says, for the wages of sin is death. But there is good news. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Christ died on that cross and he shed his blood. And that blood is enough to wash all of our sins away. Uh, the song in the songbook says, what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. But there needs to be a time in everybody's life 
that you get born again. You get born into God's family. You see, not everybody is born into God's family. Everybody is born one time physically, and today I celebrate my physical birthday. And I thank you, and I thank uh, church here, the folks that uh, it's, it's an honor to be able to work and serve with you here in this community and at this church, and I thank you so much for that. But the more important birthday is the birthday when I got saved. That's my spiritual birthday. And so my second birthday, my spiritual birthday, was February 27th, 1986. There was a man, there was a preacher, if you will. We have a youth program here on uh, Wednesday night. It's called Patch Club, and, and uh, where I uh, got saved, it was in an Awanas program, a youth program, and there was a man that took time out of his busy schedule to come and work with a bunch of rowdy kids. And uh, that man came, his name was John Mason, and I remember we played games and we ate uh, cookies and, and we drank punch and probably all of us had a Kool-Aid mustache and stuff. And, and that's how I got invited to go. They said they played games and they ate cookies and they had a good time. And so I'm like, I'm all about that. So I went and we did. We had a good time. I didn't know that I was going to get preached to, but that's part of what a good church does. And so I went there. And uh, they preached a message, and I don't remember exactly what all of the message was, but I remember they gave what we'll have shortly. It's called an invitation. At the end of the service, they gave an invitation, and the invitation was to receive Christ as personal Savior. He said something to the effect of the preacher did. He says, if you're not sure that if you died that heaven would be your home, if you're not certain from God's word that you'll go to heaven when you die, would you raise your hand? I remember being a young, uh, I think I was n maybe nine years old on the, at that time when I raised my hand. I was uncertain. I did know that I was a sinner. I did know that I'd done some bad things. And, man, I did a lot of bad stuff in elementary school. I don't, I wanna, I've told some of those stories, but uh, I got expelled a couple of days. You didn't have to convince me that I was a sinner. I already knew that. I knew that I had a problem. I knew that it needed to be cared for, and I knew that I couldn't care for it on my own. And I learned about the man, the God-man who did care for it, and his name was Jesus. And Jesus was uh, perfect. He was the spotless Lamb of God that uh, taketh away the sin of the world, and they took Jesus and they put him on the cross. He willingly went to that cross, by the way. They didn't, they didn't physically necessarily take him and make him. He went willingly for me and for you. They put him on that cross and they pierced his side and the Bible says blood and water came out and they nailed his hands to the cross. They nailed his feet to the cross and that blood was shed. Uh, that blood was shed even before that as they were, they had him and they were whipping him and they were beating him because he claimed to be the son of God. He never did one wrong thing. He gave himself on that cross for me. He gave himself on that cross for you. You need to understand that. I needed to understand that. And I was presented with that fact that Jesus died on the cross for me that Thursday evening at Awana's. I didn't know that I was going to go to heaven. I knew that I was a sinner. There's a man named John Mason. He was my preacher, if you will. And uh, we were in this big, probably a room similar to this here. 
And I remember the, they were preaching here. I was sitting facing this way, and I remember going off to the side over here next to the wall. There was a chair, and a John Mason, I think he tapped me on the shoulder or something, and he said, you want to come talk? Can I show you from God's Word how you can be saved? I said, yes, sir. I walked over there, and I sat down next to him. John Mason was a, he's a solid man. He's a, he's a good guy, and I miss him. He passed away about three or four years ago. But um, he was a general and electric contractor. John Mason, he had, a, one, I think his pointer finger was cut off because he was a carpenter, and he had an accident and got that cut off. I remember him turning in the pages of his Bible. He'd keep a full Bible in his front pocket right here. And I worked with him for a time when I was a little bit older, doing some odd jobs and things like that. And I remember him always trying to talk to people about the Lord. But he took and he showed me from God's word. I remember thumbing through the pages there, and I remember one particular verse, John 3, 16. How many are familiar with that Bible verse in here? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I was thankful that God did that for me. I remember Mr. Mason, John Mason, he said, would you like to call on the Lord and ask him to save you, Sam? I said, yes, sir, I would. And uh, he didn't even lead me in a prayer. I don't have anything wrong, anything wrong with uh, leading people in a prayer to call on the Lord. How else do you call on the Lord without praying, without verbalizing it? You, you can do it uh, silently, I suppose, but we're to call on the name of the Lord and he'll save us. There was a time I was lost. When I called on the name of the Lord, I got saved. I put my faith and my trust in Jesus Christ. I said, Lord, I believe I'm a sinner. Lord, I believe you died on the cross and shed your blood. And right now, Lord, the best way I know how, I put my faith and trust in you and you alone to be my savior. Take me to heaven when I die. And when I did that, that Thursday evening, February 27th, 1986, I got born into God's family. I became a child of God. I took on his name. I passed from death unto life. And he's given me the promise of a home in heaven someday when I die. But also, I entered into a personal relationship with Jesus. The Bible says he's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. And I began to learn doctrinal truths from God's word. I began to get into God's word and learn that this is God's love letter to me. I began to learn the importance of prayer and, and how that's how that I talk to God in a relationship. And that's how we should communicate with God through prayer. And then shortly after that, I learned that God has commanded me to get baptized after I get saved. And so I got baptized a little bit after that. Actually, it was a few years after I got saved that I finally got baptized. But but uh, I, I understand that it's not baptismal waters that wash my sins away. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Leviticus 17.11 says this, uh, for, uh, for the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls, for it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul. 
So I got saved that day, February 27th, 1986. I got saved because there was a preacher that saw the importance of sharing the gospel with other people. And the Bible says here in Romans 10, how shall they believe in him of whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Thankful for that preacher. I'm thankful for the preachers that there are in life today. And I want to say this, that if you've been saved, God has called you to be a preacher of his gospel. And so, Bible says this, how shall they hear except they be sent? How shall they hear without a preacher? I want to give you a few points this morning on this importance of sharing the gospel with others. Number one, it's so important because of this, there is an inescapable pressure. There is an inescapable pressure that all saved people have. It's an inescapable pressure, responsibility that God has given us to share the gospel with others. Look at verse number one. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. That's Paul's prayer. But what's God's prayer as well? God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. Aren't you thankful that that whosoever is not separated by race? Aren't you thankful that that whosoever is not separated by church denomination? Aren't you glad and thankful that that whosoever is not separated by your income level? Aren't you thankful that that whosoever is not separated by anything else? All you need to do is acknowledge your sin and call upon the Lord. But we who have received Christ have an inescapable pressure to share the gospel with others. There's an inescapable pressure. I'm going to skip to the second point here. A second proof of the need for missions this morning and sharing the gospel with others is this, the inexcusable problem. The inexcusable problem. The Bible says in verse number 14, how shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe on him in whom they have not, in whom have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? There's an inexcusable problem problem that we are facing and there's no way we can reason around it you are called if you've been saved to share the gospel and there are ways of doing that there are ways of doing that you can memorize the romans road you can take a gospel track we have several of them in the back there and uh, you can pass these out to people and you can encourage them to read these i often do it and it's a goal that i have to pass out several uh, throughout uh, the week and on the back is the gospel presentation. Often it's the Romans road. There may be some other verses on there though as well. But you can simply give this to somebody and say, I want to encourage you to read this when you get a chance. The most important Bible message in the world is on here. And it'll determine whether or not you can, you don't even have to go that extensive into giving somebody a gospel track. You don't have to say, any, say anything to give somebody a gospel track but it can help you be obedient to share the gospel with other people. 
And so there's an inexcusable problem. Uh, Dr. Curtis Hudson says this, the only alternative to soul winning, to sharing the gospel is disobedience. And disobedience is sin. We see there is an inexcusable problem. And then lastly, there is an irrevocable priority. An irrevocable priority. Look at Romans 10, verse number 15. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. The Bible says if you share the gospel, you're a preacher of the gospel, you've got beautiful feet. But there's an irrevocable priority. We need to get involved. The priority is getting on the same page as God. The priority is obedience and a fulfillment of his great commission. And he wants everybody involved that has tasted and seen uh, that the Lord is good. He wants us to share uh, the gospel with other people. I'm going to give you a little illustration, a little poem here in closing called 10 Little Missionaries. 10 Little Missionaries heard God's call divine. Mom steered her child away from it, and now there were nine. Nine little missionaries to reach a world of hate, but dad wanted an athlete, and now there were eight. Eight little missionaries to point the way to heaven, but surely you did not mean my son, and now there were seven. Seven little missionaries But in the world he did mix, playing around, and now there were six. Six future missionaries, but one went after wealth, and now there are just five. Five future missionaries to preach unto the poor, but one lost his burden, and now there are four. Four bright missionaries to preach of Calvary, but one fell into legalism, and now there are three. Three promising missionaries with glorious plans in view, but Satan's sifting trials, there were just two. Two final missionaries when there were once ten, but one married an unwilling wife, and now God is left with just one. One last hope missionary who also heard the call, and you can make the difference if he stands or if he falls. Folks, we need to get involved. If you're not involved in this idea, in this command of worldwide evangelism, you need to do your part and listen for God's call first and foremost, but then be involved financially as well. You can invest. The words of Paul in Philippians chapter 4, verse 15, the Bible says this, Now ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, No church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. For even in Thessalonica, ye sent once again unto my necessity. In this passage here, we see a missionary that was thankful for God's people, enabling him to preach the gospel and share the gospel, as well as other missionaries there. I want to encourage you this morning, all of us, let's step out and be an investor beyond our tithe. Become a faith promise partner. Let's step up and commit again to be generous investors in making a difference in the lives of others.
David Livingston, missionary to Africa, he said this, I place no value on anything I have or may possess except in relation to the kingdom of God. If anything will advance the interests of the kingdom, it shall be given away or kept. Only as by giving or keeping it, I shall most promote the glory of him to whom I owe all my hopes in time or eternity. At a meeting, I'm done here. At the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, the baseball player named Bobby Richardson, former New York Yankee second baseman, he offered a prayer that is a classic in brevity and pointedness regarding this idea of living for God. He prayed this, Dear God, your will, nothing more, nothing less, nothing else. I believe with all my heart that be our prayer when it comes to the command of reaching the world with the gospel. Hey, we're not going to disappoint. As we're obedient to the Lord to fulfill his command, he'll bless and he'll care for and he'll help us accomplish the task that he's commanded us to do. Let's bow. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your goodness and grace, God. I thank you for your love for us and all you do for us. But I thank you that there was a man that was able to come and saw the necessity, the irrevocable command, the importance of sharing the gospel and being involved and desiring to do his part. For not only did that man take time out of his schedule, to share the gospel with me, but I know that he supported missionaries as well, as we were one of those missionaries. Lord, I pray that you'd work on the hearts of your people here. I pray this morning that your word would just permeate our hearts. We'd consider what you want us to do in this cause of worldwide evangelism. Piano will play here in a moment, but I want to ask a few questions by way of invitation. How many here could say, Pastor Sam, without a shadow of a doubt, you've got a Bible reason for it. You know that if you died, God forbid, but you know that if you died, that heaven would be your home. You could positively raise your hand and testify that you know that heaven will be your home when you die. Would you slip your hand up this morning? Would you slip your hand up if you know that? You know that. Okay, you may put your hands down. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I wouldn't embarrass anybody for the world. I want you to know that. But trusting Christ as personal Savior is the most important decision anybody can make. That is our responsibility. That is our duty. Irrevocable. God wants us to share the gospel with people. And a good Bible-preaching church, you're going to hear the gospel. The gospel was shared this morning. Is there somebody here to say, Pastor Sam, I'm not certain that if I died that heaven would be my home. But if somebody could show me from God's word, I'd like to know that. I'd like to know that. I'd like to pray for you if that's you this morning. Pastor Sam, I'm not sure that if I died that heaven would be my home, but... I'd like to know that if somebody could show me. Raise your hand, and I'd like to pray for you. Anybody at all? Would you slip your hand up if that's you? 
Slip it right up. Slip it right up. Let me pray for you. Let me pray that you get that eternal destination settled. Anybody at all, slip your hand right up. Slip your hand right up. Don't go another day. Anybody at all. All right. How many here say, Pastor Sam, God is speaking to my heart about this responsibility of reading.